0: Henry, it's the 1500s. You've just committed treason Ah. because you're a loser. You're about to get executed, but not before you hear the sweet and soft song of Henry VIII. Welcome to this special Dream EPs edition of Dream LPs with me, Aria Chanda, and my co-host.
1: It's me, Henry Rowlands. I'm back. It's season two of Dream LPs. (laughs) Season
0: two. Season two. And we're cracking off with one of, I think, the all-time great artists <laughs> of the 16th century, Henry VIII. Absolutely. Now, this is a bit of a deviation. Whereas I would say, actually, most sort of modern, if you look at the sort of canon of modern music, you know, whether it's sort of going to the bush era, that sort of emo, angsty heart drug, or even, you know, to the more illustrious sort of rap genres where it's about bragging and stuff. I, I believe that Henry, the, Henry VIII, um, prince Henry, as most of the music was written um while he was a prince before he was crown crowned king, um he really sort of sums up a lot of as what we know as modern music. Yeah. Cross genres. I think Henry Henry the Eighth
1: was kind of revolutionary for pop music, but because before him there's never there's never been a pop star, you know, never been a pop idol. People would just sit around playing the lute. But when, when Henry the Eighth, you know, the king came out and dropped some some tracks uh, and played them in court. It, it was a sensation, you know. People all over the all over the land wanted to, to listen to Henry's
0: music. Yeah, I mean Henry, he was a big fan of his music, you know. His royal court at the time at the time of coronation there were only ten musicians. At yeah, time. but at the time of his passing, I believe, it was what was it eighty five? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. He was it was great for the culture. You got to respect him. Yeah, and, you know, without Henry the Eighth. As I is saying, there wouldn't be music. Might be different today. You wouldn't have Jay Z's big pimpin'. You know, you wouldn't have this kind of celebratory music of 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 great wealth. You would just have people just sitting around playing a lute or a guitar, and it would just be really boring. Henry VIII knew yeah. how to to sell to make music into and to sell a
0: character to yeah. sell a soul, sell realistically. A soul, yeah. yeah. So I think let's get into it. So I think first thing, Sir Henry. There's something we do need to discuss. Something big, quite that happened this week. Ah, uh, yeah, election.
1: It's a great film with you Matthew Boderick. You watched watch <laughs> that? Reese Yeah. So yeah, the election what this week. Good. I watched it on um, Friday night, and I got to say, I didn't really know what to expect. You know, I was expecting a typical sort of teen movie. I saw Reese Witherspoon. And I was thinking, <laughs> right, legally blonde kind of thing, but with an election. And no, look, this really surprised me because it was a really depressing film. And has Ferris Bueller as like a teacher, and it's all really sad because he's like in his midlife crisis, and he's really depressed, and his only friend has been thrown out of the school because he was a pedophile, um, and basically his, mar- his marriage has <laughs> fallen to pieces. And yeah, election. I can understand why everyone's talking about election this week because it is a great. Those teams are
0: so. Pertinent, but they're so pertinent to um henry VIII, especially um it's a shame i feel that we didn't get a few more sort of emo ballads from him after the death of um james seymour <laughs> uh, and, and i mean I, I you know i mean it's obviously quite sexist but the Anne of Cleves story has got to be quite funny like i feel like it's undeniably funny that um thomas cromwell's like oh you've got a beautiful wife from germany she turns up, Henry's like, oh no, you're too ugly. Yeah. But also, I think
1: the problem with Anna Cleves is that she was like a child, basically, mentally a child. Like she thought that you reproduced by just sleeping in the same bed as someone else. And just, you know, you could be like two metres apart in a bed and, you know, overnight magic would happen and you'd wake up and you'd be pregnant. That was her like, idea of what would happen. And uh, to be honest, I don't. I don't blame her for not wanting to do anything with with Henry VIII. Like she got that divorce, yeah. Especially she got that money. Gang, she okay. was out.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah She's. We've, you've been to her house, right? Her house is quite nice in Lewis. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah, she got. She yeah, got. She actually, actually did pretty well. I, like out of all of Henry's wives, she did the best. Yeah.
0: Um, Dan Jones is an excellent uh, TV program on on Channel Five, which which looks really in depth at the at the each of the six wives of, of Henry the Six, uh, Henry the Eighth. Henry VI was an imbecile. Henry VIII was a much better Absolutely, kid. Uh, <laughs> we hate Henry VI. Henry
1: VI was a loser.
0: This is Richard, a, a York. Yeah, Richard
1: all the this way, Richard Duke of York.
0: And then Edward, Edward um, Duke of. Duke. This is this is a strongly pro Yorkist podcast. I would I would like to remind. You. Yeah,
1: although oh, I, have re- I have respect for Margaret of Anjou, but.
0: Yeah, I have but yeah, but she was backing the wrong the wrong horse at the yeah, end of the day.
1: Yeah, yeah, I know. She should have just
0: made I peace mean, with what I would say is is I do feel quite a strong allegiance to the Woodville family. And and like them, I understand why after after the assassination of Rivers at the hands of the the callous Richard the Third. I don't buy this revisionist um stance on him that he is this he's actually quite a nice guy who was just trying oh, to so you, build you, a you
1: say you say Richard the Third is is big Shakespearean evil. Character.
0: yeah i do say he is being shakespeare and hero because of the assassination of rivers he directly disobeys the orders of king edward the fifth um but and this you know i understand that there was the authority given to him by the after the passing of the fourth but i don't understand why that meant that you kill rivers um, um edward V's, you know, father figure i it think just, just i think no the main problem with passed- richard
1: the third is that he kind of he kind of wasted his. I think he'd make a really good kind of like emo rock um, artist because he, he has. Yeah. That kind of a yeah. Well, I'm just going off like the you know the hunchback. His hor- His horrible
0: history was not that great though. His horrible history was part of this whole revisionist sort of idea that he was actually quite nice and killed the prince and the towers. Like I kind of get the Beaufort idea and I am open. For I it. think Margaret Beaufort was,
1: was you know cunning.
0: But he 100% killed Earl Rivers, and to me that is unforgivable. Because when I look at the War of the Roses, I totally, totally am on the side of the Woodvilles That the Woodville, um, the Woodville York Alliance. That's sort of so when, so when you know uh, Richard devours the House of York, I can understand why why we turned to the House of Lancaster. Um, in well, the Henry Tudor who took up the claim on the House of Lancaster. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a good thing he took up the claim of the House of Lancaster and won at Bosworth, because now we get to discuss the music of Henry VIII. I yeah. About, um, We should get on to uh, his first his song. Now, I think, I mean, in a breaking tradition, Henry's going to start, and, and talking of Jay-Z's Big Pimpin', I think it's time to look at pastime with good company. Yeah,
1: so I mean, I did reference, you know, Big, big Pimpin', spending that cheese. That's pretty much what Henry the 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 eighth was doing as a prince, and when he became king, because his dad left a pretty good legacy. uh, In that Henry the seventh was really good with his money. He made it. He made the crown, the monarchy, really financially stable. So that when Henry, you know, obviously there were troubles with you know Arthur and it was a bit complicated. But when Henry eventually did become king at seventeen, he had had a first rate education before that. You know, he he was fluent in Latin, French, and some Italian. He had. Growing up, being really good at sport um, and also being trained musically as well. He was actually a pretty good singer as well, but his lyrics and his composing is what we remember him for. Um, and that kind of is brought best, in my opinion, into this into pastime with good company. Um, just sort of a celebration of of Henry's Wealthy affluent his, his wealthy affluent lifestyle as a prince and then a king. Um, I can't exactly remember. This was written when he was a king, was it? When he was a young king.
0: Um, the king. It was the king's ballad. Yeah. The, well, no. I think he. I, it says it was written at the beginning of the 16th century. Um. So I don't think we entirely know, but like, but it seems likely that he wouldn't have necessarily. Yeah. So he. So it was just after his coronation and around. 1509, 1510, sort of period. Yeah. And I think the thing, the, one of the remarkable things about this is obviously it, it is a bragging of wealth. He's basically going, hey, look, I'm having a great hunt, time. sing and me. dance. I
1: mean, yeah.
0: They hunt and sing the dancing. But the thing I really like about this song is that it became so popular that it actually spread out of court. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: Really sort of just spread throughout the land and, and was a real sort of Musical phenomenon for the yeah years. yeah yeah it was it, 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 pubs, pubs all, all across all across England it was top
1: of the pops. Uh, it was basically like it's a 16th century equivalent of, of getting jiggy with it by Will Smith in in, in yeah ways. I'd
0: say. Um, and and what's even interesting is it spread beyond beyond um, his kingdom's borders in in the 1548 um, book The Compliment of Scotland. Um, the author who remains anonymous. Uh, mentions that pastime of good company as being one of the most popular songs within the Kingdom of Scotland. So what we're seeing is Henry the eighth, at an early age of eighteen years old. This is even before Jesse Lacey published <laughs> his, 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 your favourite <laughs> weapon. Uh, Henry's already become a musical sensation. Absolutely,
1: yeah. <laughs> And I look, I quite like, I quite like this as I like his lyrics. I can, I can see why this. This really caught on among common people because it's sort of like escapism. I it's guess. an aspirational yeah, wealth, yeah, yeah, isn't it? It's, this is a kind of we king, look at. We, look at, we spoke they're... of Henry the Henry the Sixth, a king who really wasn't this kind of fun king to respect. He, you know, he wore like kind of common plain clothes. He didn't really like. He was kind of too pious. He kind of just shied away from kingship. Henry the Eighth. No, he's embracing this lifestyle. He's flexing hard on exactly. People. And you know.
0: What I don't like is when we sort of uh, attribute this idea of this bragging and this, you know, really quite jubilant um, and how would you say, uh, Along, yeah, in opposite to Henry the Henry Sixth, but you know, this he's very, he's, you know, he's flaunting as well, he's flaunting as well, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. happy with it and he brings people with him. That's attributed nowadays, I feel, thanks to the, the counterfactual history of, of horrible histories to King Charles II. <laughs> and whilst I don't disagree I also don't dispute that after the restoration of the monarchy, um, in the in the at the end of Cromwell's reign in uh, the 1650s, that he was you know he was a splendid king. But it definitely goes back to Henry VIII, and I just don't think that we see that yeah. these days. But he is, you know, I, I I reject the premise that there would be a little pump. <laughs> there would be a, little pimp. <laughs> a little pimp. If Henry the 8 had hadn't laid the groundwork. Absolutely, because this ago. is
1: this is as rousing as Gucci Gang is to the people. Because I love when he says, "For idleness is chief mistress of vices all, then who can say but mirth and play is best of all?" That that's that's, that, that's music.
0: Yeah, sure. this is
1: like the uh, kind of 16th century sessions. You know, were really like boosted because of what Henry, the music Henry was putting out. And last yeah. time with Good Company is just, I think it's his real like his banger the banger of his time
0: yeah this is this is his this is his wonder yeah this is it's well, just, it's not his, his anthem good. this is this is um actually you no know, this is his wonder wonder we'll get back we'll get on to his um don't look back in anger later but <laughs> oh, yeah. so i'd like to i might I, i'll begin my my first choice of uh helas uh, um madame and, you know, talking about basis, you know, I really don't think without this, you'd get Masoic's novel and then Lou Reed's masterpiece, Venus Venus and Thales, yeah. Um, without the song, because it, it does, it talks, you know, it's that teenage heartthrob and, and lust and that sort of debate between the role of, of women in a man's life that, that existed in this period. You know, he is, you know, this this, this combination of love with... With service that we see in, in the Kelas, Madden and this and this idea that, that Masoic talks that until you reach quality, women is doomed to be despot or slave, which obviously is not. <laughs> <laughs> I am expressing the views of different yeah, individuals. Not... <laughs> <laughs> We're not coming out. So much, <laughs> this is these, these are the views of, of this is the view of Masoic and seemingly Henry Henry VIII. You know, when he talks about um, you know, let me be your humble servant, your humble servant I shall always be. Um, considering but then, you know, he he really puts himself down, you know. Um well, actually no, he puts yeah, yeah, he puts himself down. You know, calling him humble, and then he actually he does something really quite narratively interesting. Mm. He stepped into the mind of the woman who he's trying to court, you know, saying, Alas, gentle sir, you're a fine affair, wise and well from a noble home. But I think, I think what's interesting to me is Henry's not just from a noble home. He's from the noble yeah. home, the House of Tudor. So he's really putting himself down and we're sort of seeing that teenage heartthrob. And yeah, you do wonder, would there be a Jude Law and a semester abroad? Would there <laughs> be a Venus and Thoth without, without, um, without Henry. He, 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 like, that's, he really that's like how kind of
1: created this, this section of pop culture.
0: Yeah. Him, him as a musician is so interesting, because what what I hope I hope listeners will see is that he really encompasses a really broad thematic slew of ideas that we still see in music mm. today. So yeah, that, that's my that's my first pick on the on the EP, Hellas, Madame.
1: All right, my my second pick is um, Henry the the VIII's var- Variation on the Carol. So uh, this is Green Groweth the Holly. And at the time that Henry was, was writing music, um, Christmas carols were becoming like a big thing. And this was a brand new kind of style of music that was separate from the hymn. It was more kind of. More, jubile- more, more jolly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Henry, some historians have said that, that Henry might have written Green Growth the Holly as his variation on the Holly and the Ivy, the Christmas Carol. But people don't actually know when the Holly and the Ivy was made was was written. So it could have been beforehand or after. But I, I think I like to take this as I think it's very much its own thing. Um and he's
0: Yeah, I I try, I totally agree with that. It, it it's again it's really vivid the imagery, isn't it? The winter blast blown ever so high, green crow of the holly. You're you're totally seeing Christmas as as it's sort of been starting to be seen as this real time of regeneration. Yeah, and that's like his relationship rebirth. with his
1: lady. like it's really genius how he relates the the the, the the green groweth and I've as the ho, as the holly growth green and never changes hue so I am ever have been onto my lady true like that's a that's pretty good imagery there henry
0: and and keeping with this you know sort of theme of, of youth I'll, I'll move on to my my second choice in Frey and more and this is like a real debate over mixing sort of that young lust with sort of the piety and, and the religious aspect of the of the time which is um you know obviously religion possessed and this is this is before reformation mm. but religion possessed an extraordinary power in sort of guiding people's decision and and you know every every man and woman in in England abreast lived with the fear of god in their heart so like you know he 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 really in frame all he really discusses that debate that many young nobles would have been feeling at the time, you know. D- do we sort of go down this hedonistic route and enjoy it but lose our piety? But if we lose our piety, will our lives be forever boring? And, without yeah, joy yeah. and, I, think, and I think he balances that debate really, really interestingly. You know, the, the time of use is to be spent, but in vice, should it be forfeit? Past times there be, I know truly which one may use and vice deny. But he eventually arrives at this conclusion that God God created man, um, man to be virtuous. But ultimately, in Henry's eyes, and I think this is a really interesting perspective on the idea of you know, pleasing God, um, well, God wants us to be happy at the end of the day, and thus partaking in those vices are going to make us more happy, and therefore we'll be better servants to God. And he also discusses this idea, you know, as feet of arms and such other, whereby active one they utter comparison in then may be, may lawfully be set Virtue is then youthful to spend in good disports, which it does fend, is that actually what you always want to do is you want to get your your vice out of the way as as a young man. And I think those themes are just, as I say, so eternal that theme you know of youth it's very uh, it is very blink one eight two, isn't it? Yeah this um yeah, I, yeah. This idea. He,
1: he, he's definitely he's definitely carving out this this genre for itself and that is that is interesting what you're saying that he's kind of he's approaching this this kind of the idea of piety head on in his music this this conundrum, and I guess that kind of maybe that's kind of influential for for ushering in this kind of new new this new type of 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 young people yeah, in britain'
0: Because if, if we think of the Tudor age right i mean i know it, it really. Accelerates in you know the Elizabethan era and um, the Jacobian era, uh, but we are seeing the rena- Renaissance, Renaissance, and the Renaissance is not just you know happening in Florence and Milan. It's it's happening upon our own shores, and I and I think this is part. Of, this is Henry plays a key role in sort of rebirth in England and making us you know enjoy enjoy our music, enjoy enjoy our classics, yeah. um, and enjoy our English national myth which is which is being forged in this time. Um, so yeah, I, I just think it's a it's a great and, and sort of in terms of the tune, it really just it hits hard. It goes root really hard. But yeah, um, you know, as I say, Jeffy Jesse Lacey's the devil and god are raised inside <laughs> of us. Um, or even even something like, you know, um, Del Rey's born to die, especially when we look at gods and monsters, you really you really sort of see that it you know it's almost Twain. Twain said that history doesn't repeat itself; it rhymes, and I think that's just as true um, for music as it is for politics. For Henry, your your second choice.
1: Well, this will be my third choice.
0: What will be your third choice? Actually? Though that yes. men
1: do call it dotage. Um... <laughs> I'll be honest, though I'm I'm trying to like analyze. The... I've got the lyrics here in front of me for though that men do call it dotage and it is the thing i listen to this song and i understand what it means when i listen to it but like when i see the lyrics on on paper i'm 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 <laughs> i'm slightly bemused as to as to what it it means like in terms of the the poetry of it but all i could
0: say it's about the bridge of henry that he's conveyed to you the meaning through the through the, the sound because the, the music,
1: music it has this kind of slow oh, kind of build up and it's really like it's kind of the, the you know, the, the, the low-key kind of... And then this, the, the woodwind, when it comes in, and the horn, it, it's... it's there, there must be something rousing going on here. Uh, Though that men do call it dotage, who loveth not wanteth courage, and whosoever... I'm going to read the whole thing. And whosoever may love get, from Venus shore he must it fet, or else from her which is her heir, and she to him must seem most fair. With eye and mind doth both agree, there is no boot, there must it be. The eye doth look and represent, but mind aforemeth with full consent. Thus am I fixed without grudge, mine eyes with heart doth me so judge. Love maintaineth all noble courage, who love disdaineth is all of the village. Such lovers, though they take pain, it were pity they should obtain. For often times where do where they do sue, they hinder lovers that would be true. For whose loveth should love but once, Change, whoso will, I will be none, like
0: that. Well, I, that that goes hard. I think what, what, what Henry's trying to talk about is is the idea of clandestine marriage. You know, obviously we're we're in an era when when Henry's composing that marriage is not really something based around around love. It's based around political allegiance, and it's almost a transaction. And that's interesting in relation the, to, to to Catherine
1: revival, of Aragon.
0: Yeah, because how old was Catherine of Aragon? Was incredibly young. I mean, they were yeah. both very young. And, and, and seventh, basically, it was seventh, a really ta-
1: it was a tactical um, agreement between Henry the and the the wait wait, where's she from? Spain, yeah, yeah, uh,
0: yeah. And Aragon, uh, really, which is modern. She was
1: arranged to marry uh, Henry's brother Arthur, um, and they did. And then like, Arthur died, like re- like really like almost instantly. Um, and then like, so it was like on and off of what was going to happen with Catherine, whether she was going to marry Henry, but Henry wasn't old enough. They had to wait till Henry was, um, of age to, 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 to marry her to, um, Catherine, which is weird considering that, you know, uh, who was he called? Richard II married like a six year old. Yeah. They're not really good. Yeah, Richard the Second, but maybe for Henry because he needs to. Uh,
0: yeah, well, remember Margaret Beaufort as well, and he gave birth to Henry Tudor, Henry the when when she was uh, yeah
1: But anyway, then Henry the Seventh died, and then Henry, but but Henry, you know, kept true to his dad's promise and and did marry Catherine of Aragon for this kind of tactical relationship.
0: But but they did they did remember this this is something that's often forgotten about the Henry Henry the Eighth story is he married Catherine of Aragon for twenty years you know there was real companionship there yeah and and what's interesting to me and i never made this connection until it was pointed out to me last week by someone that henry was just probably impotent <laughs> that he that he, he had a really bad jousting accident when he was 15 as well a really bad one um and and yeah historians now sort of think well
1: yeah, yeah. but like
0: <laughs> he, but- that that makes sense. So he just never made that connection. Yeah,
1: but I swear when he was with Catherine, he was like the young sport, sport active guy. You know, I swear the that, 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 the accident yeah. of him becoming really fat, um, and like a monster that happened later on. Yeah, because he still because yeah. he that wooed Catherine. Before. The whole the whole thing, you know, the reason why he made those whole the the the, the Church of England stuff was so he could divorce Catherine American and so he could marry Evelyn. Yeah. Um. So that he can't be yeah. that. Imp- <laughs> <laughs> it could be something. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah but I, I think anyway. Going going back to the song, I think it is interesting the way that we see Henry and we see him in his sort of purest form, consumed by desire in a way that no noble, no king beforehand had really had really expressed so true. Um, I think I find it what interesting that his invocation of Venus, yeah. almost saying that love is this sort of external being that sort of latches you and, and grabs you and forces you upon the person. It's not a conscious decision you make. It's a decision which is made for you by a higher yeah. power. And I think that's an interesting way of looking at human psychology, is you know, how much we are actually in control. And once again, Henry is, is really building this idea um, that we see in his music. And, and he's really questioning the societal norms. Um, which is why I think he's such a great musician, you know. Because as all great mu- musicians do, you know, whether it's you know, Bob Dylan to, to Morrissey and Mar, um, you know, right into the to the Bashir yeah. of Green Day, we we, we we listen to music to question societal norms, and and nobody nobody I think does that better than Henry VIII um, in his discussions of love. So I think moving on to the the final pick on this sort of mini podcast episode. Um Henry VIII's most famous and most well known song. Which might not even um, have been although, written
1: by Henry VIII which,
0: But we're yeah, still doing it. Which may not attribute him, but it's so famous that we ha- mm. kinda of have to do it. It's um Greensleeves. Um so yeah, this is this is this is a really famous song, you know. Every, and it and it's been adapted time and time again. You know, uh, Leonard Cohen, um Leonard Cohen had some, you know, very good. He's kind of like an had erotic, a, had a strong erotic
1: edit, version but, of Greensleeves
0: <laughs> yeah and it and it and it's used you know in in various um you know it's used in the merry wives of Windsor. like it's something that has really entered also elvis uh, elvis more than any elvis presley
1: like made a version of green sleeves called stay away which is not great but it's kind of interesting that you know like it becomes yeah. like an elvis kind of ballad like it's so universal yeah
0: and just well popular. yeah in in the merry wives of windsor shakespeare uh falstaff exclaims um let the sky rain potatoes and let it thunder to the tune of <laughs> um, And Um thought it had after Greensleeves beforehand. So it really has entered the the canon of sort of the English of, yeah, of England, yeah. I'd say. Um yeah. The you yeah, it's, it's appeared very much in in songs. But you know, how how you know did Henry VIII write it? I think that, that's a big, that's a big question. You there, know, there's there's a persistent belief that it was written to um, Wu uh, yeah. and Boleyn, um, who allegedly sort of was ve- played very, um, for lack of better words coy- hard to get. because uh,
1: well, no, Henry. Henry had this whole yeah. thing where he sent all those letters to uh, you know, and those love letters.
0: But so this this has sort of been disputed because it it's definitely more sort of more Italian style of music, which did not really reach England's shores um, until the Elizabethan age. But but I do like this idea that, that Henry Henry VIII wrote it and that he really did play a role in, in founding our national consciousness as, as he did in so many other ways. You know, and especially if you look at the sort of Thomas Cromwellian um, propaganda when it came to Reformation. You know, it was almost like the first <laughs> Brexit to a degree, when, when you know a lot of it was about taking back control. It was about um, keeping money in in England because there were, you know, at the, at the time under the Catholic Church, um, Catholic rule over England, there were uh, courts in Rome that had jurid- jurisdiction over England. You know, there were laws passed that we had no control over. We were sending money out. To Rome. Yeah, yeah. That quite frankly, that all Rome <laughs> did was limit us. And you know, it it, it held back the individuals, you know. And what, what do we want in England? We want the liturgy to be in the vernacular. We want the ability for divorces and normals to happen without the consent of a man in Rome. A man in Rome who we have no role in electing. Yeah, sovereignty. <laughs> <laughs> I don't yeah. So so what were we doing in, in the Reformation? We're taking back control, and we weren't just taking back control to the courts, uh, you know, the Royal Court of we were handing some of it back to the people. And I think that was a real sort of key part of the English the English myth. So, you know, it's a, it's a sense of individuality mixed with community, and above all, a sense of freedom. Um, I'm not a Brexiteer, <laughs> but I feel like I think... No, they,
1: no, no, I'll, I'll say I am very much
0: pro exit but I am, you know, um, pro pro Reformation as an atheist. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I do I do completely understand it. But I, I think it's nice that myth, and I think sometimes a look good I lie can envisage Henry
1: writing, "Alas, my love, you do me wrong to cast me off discourteously." Yeah.
0: The, the critique is that oh well, it's too Italian. But to me, as as we've seen, we've seen how creative a songwriter yeah. Henry is. There's no because reason why he's Henry can't come such up with
1: like it. A, um, he must have had like the most interesting kind of upbringing. Like he must have had everything and anything at his fingertips. Like all these different like experiences. He really traveled well. He played all these different sports activities. Was open to all these different teachings and you know just everything from fighting, hunting, yeah. songwriting. So yeah,
0: yeah. He was a real sort of polymath of the of the age so i think yeah so that that is probably the greatest song by henry Abe. although i do really like um yeah what is i think it? that's my favorite and what i was discuss them, some of the consorts that were written by henry which are sort of more you know without lyrics but they they are some very good compelling tunes that tell a story in their own right of a man troubled in his mind troubled by god and troubled in his heart absolutely
1: yeah, no, I think I think Green Sleeves fits in with this with this with with the Henry Canon quite comfortably. Like, I think you, you and and there's been, you know, on on Henry's yeah. Spotify, you know, they they still have Green Sleeves under there. It may not.
0: <laughs> so I think we need to talk about the legacy of Green You know, uh, Henry, do you have some do you have some yeah, thoughts well, on the legacy it, it of Green Sleeves? Is... <laughs>
1: Greensleeves was used as the uh, the Mr. Whippy jingle for the ice cream vans. In in it was UK's first the UK's first fleet of Mr. Whippy ice cream vans. They used that as the jingle to attract the kids to come and buy ice creams because apparently the, the company's um, founder Dominic Faccino was like a big fan of Henry
0: VIII. I also find it interesting that in the Hong Kong Diploma of Secondary Education <laughs> examination. And their uh, the A level examinations and their education examinations. Uh, this song is used as a background music for the candidates to study the questions and tidy up their answers. Like I like the song, but that's Jesus, gotta be stressful. Yeah. You don't need music for that. And apparently, the Green has been voted
1: the most annoying song to have when you're on hold. <laughs> apparently, people get that a lot. On, <laughs> on,
0: on, on. I suppose it's <laughs> in public domain, isn't it? <laughs> I like how, um, I find it interesting how Sky um, used a uh, weird um, techno cover of linking parts of what I've done while you're on hold. <laughs> um, I'd love to know who made the decision to do that. Um, and why? <laughs> because It's been like, it's been like that for, for over 15 years as well. Um, we've, we've had many problems oh, right. with Sky <laughs> in, my, in my area. Um, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, there's. I think I think Henry though, and, and as sad as as it is that we have to talk about this, because it is so disgusting and unruly, and I just despise it with every no, 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 this is going, yeah. bone in my body. <laughs> yeah, in the contemporary <laughs> British musical, yeah, Six, Anne Boleyn is imagined in a more modern viewing. The musical makes use of the belief that the poem was written by King Henry in the opening, Title X Wives, and the closing song, Six. And, you know, additionally, <laughs> an instrumental technical version of Greensleeves. Incorporated in I heard
1: about this thing, where basically it's this, the, the troupe of dancers singers, are Henry VIII's the, the wives. And I tried watching it, just for context. I yeah. saw about 10 seconds of it, and had to just, you know, turn it off immediately, and throw my phone across the room.
0: So God awful. Almighty. It's so awful. I, I thought, you know- I was It's so like... awful. And like you yeah, know, Hamilton,
1: but for Henry VIII, but it's just—it's an interesting
0: concept. Yeah, yeah, it's an interesting concept for sure. But like, uh, I, I don't know the exact song, but but there's one when sort of Anne Boleyn is like, um, you know, firstly, uh, talks about the UK and all the British dudes. And you know, I'd like to remind Anne Boleyn that the idea of Great Britain did not really come about till uh, 1706. Or 1707 yeah, Scotland the actual, and Wales yeah, were, the, 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 and then the United Kingdom. Wales was a principality, and Scotland was a, was a you know, separate nation. Obviously, obviously, you, you then get the Jacobean secession in sixteen o four, which which creates the idea of Great Britain, but it's not formalised till the early seventeen hundreds. And the United Kingdom, <laughs> which incorporates yeah. Northern Ireland, what is now the Republic. Madness was eighteen o seven, which is just <laughs> absurd. Secondly, the costumes are just. They, they, they look very it's cheap, don't yeah. they? I, I mean, it's, it's absurd. And, like, the concept, you know what? I'm a big fan of history. And, you know, I, I love the idea that, you know, even though I'm not the biggest fan of Hamilton, I think it's great that we're sort of humanising historical figures and, you know, pushing the cause of history and pushing the cause of, you know, different interpretations um, in, in every way possible. Yeah, I don't I don't um dispute that. But yeah. Anyway, shape or form. But and there's a big but here. <laughs> it has to be accurate. Yeah. And it yeah. has to be. Otherwise it's just
1: fucking uh, <laughs> just offensive.
0: <laughs> no, you can you can swear in that. You can swear <laughs> when you're talking about sex. And also <laughs> another another thing about it, which which I don't really like is <laughs> You know, obviously, I understand you're trying to tell the, the story of the wives, but I do think it's right that we understand what's going through Henry VIII's head as yeah, he makes that's, that's definitely an important part, you know, because it's it's more it's more than just him saying <laughs> I want a wife, I want a son, next wife. Yeah, yeah. You know, which is which is the way I sort of sort of paint it, and, and he's this this man purely driven by by mm. lust and political desires. But it, it's so much so much more than that. And, yeah, it's, it's, it's just kind of like... like a de- I think there's like a depiction
1: in modern pop culture that, that Henry the VIII was just Harvey White. But, 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 but it's not a good
0: depiction of modern pop culture. But And, and also they are like made they're like made fun of Catherine Howard, like, so you're irrelevant. It's like, hang on a minute, the trial of Catherine Parr is really interesting, because it's the first time we see this law, one of the main major times we see this law, which has been taken you know, control has been taken back into English hands. You know, seen. You know, at the trial of Catherine Howard, it's like she's the least yeah, relevant. of no, no, no. Like, no, she's not. She's, she's, she's really interesting, and like, sure, she was only wife for uh, forty-one, but it's scandalous Well, yeah, you know. I can't. To be honest, I can't blame. As
1: silly as it was, I can't blame Catherine Howard because you know you're stuck with like, an like a really fat. Guy who's unable to move and is like really ill and probably like yeah he did, he yeah, did have yeah. a gangrenous see where he was he's such from, a lovely but, guy you know, he, played, he was a musician you know he just swaggered into court you know
0: but she's say saying that oh, she's no, irrelevant yeah. is um yeah like I see I see where she's coming from I see where she cheated but it's, it's never one of the most interesting parts actually if you do watch that like, Dan Jones
1: um, Anna cleaves because she just kind of buggers off.
0: Yeah, um, in the in the hands in yeah hands holding his artwork, which <laughs> you just find that absurd. Like maybe Henry was was more lustful than I'm. Uh, I'm, you know. Maybe I'm giving him. Too I think much we credit. just I
1: think we just have respect but, for the for the young the young Henry the who He seemed like a great guy. Who knows what he became?
0: He he kind of let yeah. kind of
1: let Henry the down with his 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 obsession with fighting in France. That was kind of well. a bit ridiculous.
0: I hate to point that out, but none of the wives ever, like, they didn't, yeah. they didn't meet up together. And none of them were like, well, I'm more than this. I'm going by as I do. It's just it's just horrible. And it's like not good. That's the thing. It's not good. It's not accurate. The costumes are awful. My sister always throws <laughs> it in the car. I'm hating. Yeah. It. And, and one part of the reason why I'm so passionate in my hatred of it is because of how the interesting it is. And here's my thing with Hamilton. I'm not the biggest Hamilton fan. But I see what it does, and it opens the door. It gets people. It opens interested the door in for people. You know,
1: and American politics.
0: That man around does really well. He throws in these, you know, these passing references to Thomas Paine and Samuel Seabury and all these sort of broader folk we don't actually see. In yeah, because yeah. so, he it's actually is clever, and I can well, really people who wrote six that.
1: are like probably just brain dead drama kids. <laughs>
0: I'm sure. I think. They, I think they were Cambridge. Yeah. Men, what, so it, mm. <laughs> yeah. I don't. I don't. Um. No. They. They went to. Um. Yeah. They went to Robinson College. To be fair, that's a new college at Cambridge. But yeah. Um. Well. I mean, it has been financially successful, but I still financially successful
1: good. never equates to good. Well, what's an example of that? Yeah. I mean, I mean. Yeah, Titanic, Titanic is not that great.
0: That's all right. Well, the fans of the operas are awful. Good. And that's, uh, like, the I most successful movie. Caps. Caps. Caps is, like, the most famous musical of all time. And, uh, and whilst we are both fans of, of TS, I think you'd be insulted by that. You know, the Cavity of the Mystery Cat is one of the best Yeah, you're poems. saying you, you kind of... And the way that it's just butchering You've your, oh. uh,
1: your, your stance on, on the, the possum... What's it called?
0: I like Old Possum. I like Old Possum's yeah. cu- book, of, book of curious cats. Especially in the cavity of the mystery. No, you're it. right. I think, I think that's is a like day. huge. Um, when yeah, like
1: everyone go. seems to hate it. Like there's always an old it's running joke in The Simpsons when they just say cats is the worst thing.
0: Yeah. It's <laughs> like cat and like soaked... Um, it's like cats and soaked the oh, yeah, spoil. Well. Right. I don't get that stuff. This <laughs> is turned into, like, a bizarre rant against CERN for, But, well, you know what, Rishi, see right? When you're talking about, like, restoring the arts, and, you know, contrary to popular belief, I do see that ha- there has been a massive 1.2, billion, 1.2 to 1.3 billion um, funding package for the arts. I just hope that none of it goes <laughs> to six. Because, you know, I mean, I'm looking at the Wikipedia page now. Uh, the Norwegian Cruise Line announced that they, that they can, you know, Going to be showing performances on six on three right, of right. Their ships let, let's different ships at different times, and it's going to restart in twenty twenty two.
1: Let's have a sign into speed two
0: Cruise Control. I think they a... have. I think they. I think they have the Costa Concordia. But yeah, like it's been postponed in Chicago. Right. It's been postponed in London. I just say if don't don't bring it back.
1: Thing, it's to get just don't fund it.
0: Just don't. <laughs> <laughs> it's awful. It's, it's caused me so much personal pain. And also, let's... Also, <laughs> I've got more to say on <laughs> it. The TikToks that have emerged... The TikToks for out of six? six with, the, with Anne Boleyn. Yeah. Well, yeah, because they, they use the, the Anne Boleyns. Uh, oh, here we go. You sent him kisses, blah, blah, blah. That she's, um, she's flirting. with Wait, do they have an account R- on TikTok? use, And it's... Uh, no, no, no. It's like it's, it's a sound. They, they've taken one of the songs and it's a sound. But it's just like starting this really amongst our generation, you know, the youth, it's just encouraging like a really <laughs> brattish demeanour of like, sorry, not sorry. And I'm just, you know, not to be some Mary Whitehouse temperance movement person, but I just, that kind of behaviour, I, I don't think it's just, six is too much available. This, this idea of... <laughs> am I a Rush Limbaugh? Man? Is this who I am? Like some late 90s radio like in the culture wars like uh, this is defaming the nation they're not teaching the kids to, to love the history <laughs> but at the same time <laughs> they're teaching the kids to love the wrong history yeah. and I think yeah that, that's, that's what I've got to say on six sounds awful.
1: terrible I know I'm, I'm, I'm not going <laughs> to pursue it further than this conversation to be honest I don't recommend anyone else does as well because someone who's seen 10 seconds of it it was enough to last me a lifetime I'm going to say that.
0: <laughs> the costume design as well. Uh, has Probably. it won any awards? Okay. Well, it was, a nom- it was nominated for all of the Olivia Awards when it came out. It was nominated for Best Costume Design Jesus. and Choreography. Jeez I mean, it won the Chicago Award for the. It won the Equity Award for Joseph Jefferson. It won the <laughs> Equity Award. What has the world come to? Okay. Well it didn't get nominated for a tone. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, what, I'm sorry, what is echoed about it? It it's 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 it only represents one shit. <laughs> inter- now not again, inter- not sound inter- like inter- some sort of <laughs> so, this is the I'm concept, just saying this, I bet there's hear a reddit Henry there's a Reddit spirit. somewhere of six the musical is, is there a reddit, I'm not attacking it for that, I'm just attacking yeah. it because it's bad. Right. <laughs> Thank you for for listening to this this episode of um of Dream LPs, the EP Henry VIII Special. Yeah. And um I, wanna, um, I just want to I just want to apologise.
1: I've so been in, in in Texas. Uh, you know, fuck you for letting us down and not voting for Joe Biden. I say, you know, yeah. Read him and weep. Yeah. We're not stopping. <laughs> no count for you. Yeah. <laughs> the Biden crime family. <laughs> Give
0: us our freedom <laughs> back, Steve, I mean, I have you. I mean, you It's that there's been countless, countless, and you know there's plenty of evidence voter fraud. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, have you it's seen just Eric there. You can just businesses. see it. It definitely there's such Great
1: evidence he's been putting out there. Of someone burning some ballots, you know.
0: And yeah, and you know what, votes cast and votes counted are definitely the same thing, you know you know, if you can't, it's just that's how it works, you know, it's definitely not like they have checking procedures, you know check to see if someone is actually alive and therefore if it's alive, even though the vote's been cast, it, you know doesn't. Yeah, it yeah, yeah. It. it's definitely like they don't have those procedures in place. it's definitely like they don't have poll watchers, and it's definitely not like Rudy Giuliani's just bribing the poll watchers, you yeah, this one and quite frankly, do you know what, and this, this is not, might be a, an unpopular opinion, but I, I'm glad that, that Donald Trump Senior is out of no, the White House. No, this no. pave the way for America to see <laughs> how, you know, Joe Biden, that, that radical, that famous Socialist. radical leftist and, and revolutionary yeah, communist
1: I saw it on TikTok. <laughs> that Donald Trump oh, Jr. Oh, great. Kamala Harris is the first Marxist vice president. What?
0: <laughs> <laughs> but hopefully we get to see Donald Trump Jr. run right in and I'm looking to watching Kamala Harris. No, Ivanka's like signal that you won't run. I'm looking forward to Kamala no, Harris wiping the floor with Don Jr. Debates. That's what I've got. If, if
1: if 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 Michael Pence <laughs> looked like he was crumbling under pressure, like Donald Trump Jr. was was actually crying on Don Jr. G-
0: Don Jr. Don Only only thing only thing he's got going for him is he's <laughs> like, ah oh, you're triggered, you Democrats, <laughs> you liberals. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, on his on his Instagram bio, he is general in the meme wars.
1: Wait, let me see this.
0: What <laughs> he, he mean, is general of the no meme wars.
1: To our listeners, but you're... Oh my god, you have got such bad.
0: To be fair though, I don't think you've got anything on the memes of of um, uh, GOP chairman of Texas, Alan West. Um, you know, he makes a very astute point that grits were actually a staple <laughs> food of the Confederate Army. <laughs> And therefore, that the Democrats will then <laughs> proceed to ban one of the most popular foods in the South, the grits, but actually he says, "Oh, that's just was just a joke," because he loves his grits. So you know, what, Alan, we What if Alan is kids. our listener from Texas? Um,
1: Alan, good sir, if you are listening, to be remarkable. Um, we Hi, your campaign for president, and yeah, but just Donald Trump Jr. <laughs> his, his latest post is: seventy million pissed off Republicans, and not one city but to the ground. It's like that's an achievement. They haven't destroyed a city yet. in Twenty-four hours.
0: <laughs> uh, no, I think I think what what astonishes me is, is um I'm, we're just going to go into this, uh, but the way that there's so many people on Twitter just like and I, actually, I'm so happy about that decision, but you do you you, you know in from time to time and you just see that it's like oh how, how have the Democrats won the presidency but Republicans have gained house seats and Senate seats. <laughs> this has been rigged by the Democrats. And it's like, hang on a minute, hang on a minute. Yeah, I forgot how, George, how you know, Ronald Reagan won a landslide presidency, and the Democrats yeah. held the House. Bill Clinton won yeah. pretty big victories, Republicans held the House. Obama, George, George W. Bush won victory in 2004, <laughs> Democrats won the House, pretty sure. And, you know, Obama, the Republicans won the House under Obama. And it's like, this the <laughs> Democrats won the House under Trump. It's like, <laughs> but do you not understand that you can vote split ticket and maybe, and maybe Donald Trump Jr., Donald Trump Sr. has alienated so many of their own yeah, base. That they, they vote they, for the they, House. You they see, there's they no other for way for the Republicans to continue <laughs> unless they're voting for Biden. And then they're, therefore they're voting Republicans in the House as an insurance policy on Biden because they feel so, so left behind by your toxic and carcinogenic party. But, but as
1: Eric Trump, but they count uh, i part of the LGBT community, and we love this man. So obviously Trump should have won. It's stolen.
0: <laughs> well, I think that does that does that does <laughs> refute all of my criticism of Donald Trump. If... I have been wrecked by the by the general of the meme wars. But yeah, and you know what? What I'd say is, yes, Henry VIII may have been
1: yeah yeah, yeah.
0: I mean a massive sexist. And may have had a gangrene leg. He may have been fat. Um, but that being said, I think he did more exactly, good for England than Donald Trump's done Trump for America. for
1: culture and arts and his whole nation. Trump, none of yeah. that. Yeah. Trump just... Trump...
0: None just of that. None of that whatsoever. Little,
1: little pimp once. And why yeah, are we... I yeah, thought yeah, we okay, were yeah, going to yeah, get yeah, political. Out. Yeah, election... Um... <laughs> The bit with, is really sad when Matthew Broderick. you know, he 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 cheats on his wife with that woman, and then he 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 he, sa- he gets that hotel room to go with that woman, and then he he goes there with his like flowers. He gets it all set up and nice, and then he's like, "Oh, where are you?" He Phones her, comes back to a house, and then his wife's sitting there with her, and he's like, "Oh no, my life's over." That is really sad.
0: <laughs> well, yeah. yeah thank, thank you for listening to back, the second of been Aaron. I've
1: been Aaron. Um, some things didn't go so well to plan. Yeah, I tried to do some some episodes previously, but uh,
0: Fine. yeah, we'll be back. Good night, right? Thanks, listening. So See you. <laughs> <laughs>